It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, May 11th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is ready to kick off our official draft coverage, Russ. So ready. I've been months. I've been ready. It is your time to shine, and we are going to do that all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with prospect expert Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. You can subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube, which we're going to talk about. We're now on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, one bit of unfortunate news before we dig into our NHL draft kickoff coverage. Cutter Gautier, who is on Team USA for Men's Worlds, elbowed in the head in a pre-tournament game uh, against Germany and did not return. Yeah, it was one of those concealed elbows to the head that players have gotten very good at. Um Kind of like, you know, they're coming by and they just casually give you the elbow and they just keep moving and hope they don't get called for it. It's just, I really, I mean, to me, it's it's the worst of the cheap shots because if nothing else, have respect for another hockey player to protect the head. You know, if you're going to go somewhere else, you know, slash him on the wrist, do something else, you start messing with the head and that's where I start to get mad. Yeah, I certainly hope he's okay, but uh, I know they've added a couple more guys to the roster yeah. since then, so it could be uh, in lieu of Cutter Gautier being able to skate. I mean, you fly home, right? Because if you have a concussion, you might have to wait a couple yeah. days to fly home if, if that's the Yeah. So right now we have a personal vendetta against Nico Sturm, and uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> All right, getting into our draft coverage. Uh, Now that the lottery is behind us, it's time to really dig into what the draft could look like for the Flyers. And, you know, when we started doing uh, draft prospect profiles earlier in the year, say around January, we did a little intro discussion about what the rankings mean that you know, then back in January versus closer to the draft. And so Russ, as a prospect guy, you know, when you're doing those first rankings back in January versus, you know, your current or what are your final rankings, like how does your approach change? So my approach changes just with more data, more viewings, more everything. I've been to, you know, the college regionals, there were draft eligibles in that. I've been to I've been watching three or four different events, including the under 18 worlds, which affect draft players. Uh, I'll certainly see some video from the world championships. It's not going to count as much as the under 18s, but it still counts because there's still some big names in there. And and so it changes things. And like even now, the reason a 4.0 is in my final rankings is because I'm one guy. Right. 
I'm not a whole, you know, network of draft people. And I'm not a guy that goes and asks all the draft Knicks or all of the scouts that I know what their opinion is, because then it's not mine. Right. So I choose to put in the work and sometimes I'm late with some guys and there's still like one guy that's going to move into the first round, but I'm really unclear on where he's going to go. So I want to do extra homework. There's another guy that could move somewhere in the second or could be third round conversation, but I've got to do a little more work. So it's like, Hey, you know, so I have to do it at my pace and that's, that's where I'm at right now. It's kind of like the, all right, certain guys aren't moving. Certain guys have moved based on the last couple of tournaments. And then sometimes guys move down just because there's too many good players ahead of them. Right. There's nothing they did at all. That's more, that's more of what happens now. Yeah. One of the things I appreciate about your process in particular is that you're not going to put a guy in the rankings somewhere if you feel like you have not done the work to evaluate them personally. And so, yeah. So like your rankings are going to look different than someone else, because if you don't have firsthand observation on it, you're not going to include them. And that doesn't mean they aren't good hockey players. It just means that, that you're not willing to have enough data. I didn't have enough viewings. I didn't have enough anything. Yeah. And, and you're very clear about that when you do that. And so I think that's important when somebody's looking at your rankings versus maybe somebody else's who may like use consolidated opinions as, as part of their rankings. Um, I I think the other thing that's important to distinguish is rankings versus a mock draft, right? In that, so how you rank somebody in terms of what you're thinking overall of of the players in general and what you think the flyers should how the flyers should rank them could be different and then a mock draft is okay well then what will this team do in this circumstance given who's picked before based on their needs and stuff and and that's going to look different it it does like me the rankings is me so that's how russ cohen's thinking then when i'm doing the mock i am trying to think about how that gm will be thinking and what the board may look like at the time that they step up there. Now, what's always impossible is is to figure out trades. So 99.9% of the time, I don't bother. I just don't bother. And if a trade happens, it happens. And I'm still sort of looking at slotting in players in certain spots. And then if a trade happens, you just take your hit on the mock. You just don't worry about it. And so, but the reason I don't put out a mock like right after the lottery is pretty simple. And that's because there's still too many teams to be determined where they're picking. And so when it's down to the last two, I don't mind doing the mock then because I don't think it's as big of a deal. But when you have this many, no, I'm still going to wait. Yeah, I I think that's a smart approach as well. And I understand maybe like mock drafting the top 10 or something because those are locked in place. But going beyond that just seems like a little jumping the gun a little bit. A little bit. And so I don't want to be in that position um, I've already, you know, I, I do one mock a year for, for full press. That's kind of like our deal. I don't even do it for my own website anymore. I, I really like rankings better because I feel like it holds up much better over time because I, I rather, even a fan in me would rather look at someone's rankings five years from now, if they're still somewhere on air and say, okay, it's interesting to see how that person was thinking and what maybe people were thinking back then, as opposed to a mock where you're kind of guessing what another team's going to do. And if two picks in completely go off the board, you know, your first eight picks could be screwed up. 
Uh, now, in terms of how you look at ranking guys who maybe will hit in the third round, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes there's less information available about these guys or less tape available on some of these guys. And given that the Flyers have two third round draft picks, um, it's going to be really important. So how do you approach like ranking those guys and seeing where the Flyers might look? Right. So this is something that I've had help with over the years because I've really been at this a long time. Like my website's over 20 years old, sportsology.com, but I've probably been at, you know, the mock draft game, maybe 13, 14, 15 years, right in that range. So it could be a little longer. I have a bad sense of time sometimes. So it's a long time. And what I look for at this point in the draft is, okay, so my first third round pick on the Flyers, I step up there. I'm trying to find guys now that I could find one or two really good things about. I'm now more willing to accept deficiencies, and I'm just looking for the guy who has the most two things that I like, and whether that's scoring and puck handling or that's defense and physicality or that's something in the goaltending ranks, and whoever that might be. And that's that's where you go best player available sometimes because you're looking and you might get to the point in the third round at that second third round pick where you're like, most of the guys we have here, honestly, are really good at one thing and then have two or three other questions. And then at that point, you start trying to eliminate the questions. Well, we could fix the skating. We probably could fix that. I don't think we could fix that. And that's when you start coming, you know, crossing guys off saying, all right, maybe we do this player in the seventh, but nowhere else. And, you know, and every draft board has DND guys too. Like they just won't draft them no matter what. And that could be a guy who another team takes in the first round. And that could be a guy who another team takes in the third round. And that's, again, goes from organization to organization. Sometimes, you know, when we have elite prospects, every once in a while there's a prospect that comes along for whatever reason, um, you know, maybe like the Logan Mayu type or whatever that we just are like, do not draft. We're not going to rank. And that's it. You know, and so sometimes that comes up, too. Well, there's a lot that goes into all of this, and we are knee-deep in that coverage, and we have been. And uh, once again, like last year, we have a handy-dandy spreadsheet for y'all out there. If you're interested in a particular prospect that we've already covered or will cover over the next few weeks, um, there's a spreadsheet, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. You can find uh, information on all the top prospects, what show date we profiled them on, and uh, any other shows that we've talked about the draft overall, and uh, looking forward to adding more names to that list. Uh, We're looking forward to adding your name to the list of people subscribed to our show on YouTube, if you aren't already. If you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, we're going to put a post up there when we hit those milestones. If you reply to that, a milestone post will enter you in a random drawing for some cool giveaways. We have some flyers autographed items in the mix as well. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, up next, we're going to dig into draft uh, prospect Edward Chalet and what he has to offer. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, and comedy and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, 
and their best price guarantee so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun. My favorite part of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about those last minute tickets and flash deals. Plus, they give you a view from your seats, which is so important when I buy tickets. And with Game Time, their guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Also, the tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you don't have to dig through your emails. It's so easy. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create your account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, uh, on tomorrow's show, every dayers, we are going to check in on the Flyers executive search process, which has been heating up quite a bit in the last couple of days. Frank Saravelli reporting that the potential two finalists for the job, Eddie Olchek and Keith Jones. So uh, we'll see if that comes to be, but we're going to uh, look at, at the latest with all that on tomorrow's show. Uh, Edward Chalet, Russ, is uh, a Czech guy who uh, has played on both their U18 and World Juniors squads. So we've seen a bit of him recently um, at U18s, five games played, four goals, two assists, 20 shots on goal. You know, what is your take on what he could potentially bring to the Flyers? Yeah, so first thing I, I looked at with Shala is he's not quite physically fully developed, right? So he's been playing against the um, the men in the Czech Elite League and had modest numbers, and I think that'll get better over time. So let him go back another year. Don't put him in the AHL at 18 because physically I don't think he's up for the task there just yet. And you can see when he plays at his own age group, as you pointed out, with the tournaments, with the international tournaments, he's really good, really, really good. So. Yeah, that tells you that, you know, he needs to at least wait a year, maybe two to go into the AHL. But we'll say a year right now and revisit. So you look at that. Um, you know, he's a right wing. That's fine. I think um, by the time he's ready for the NHL, I think there's spots on the wing, as we know, with the Flyers. And that, that's so that I don't I don't see that as being a problem position wise where you would all of a sudden object to taking him. Uh it's good to see him at the beginning of the year, and it's good to see him at the end of the year. I felt like at the beginning of the year, he was more of a um, polarizing guy, but he's got great mm -hmm. hands. He's a really kind of good skater, shifty skater. I feel he's a smart player. He gets into position well. I feel like he does a lot of those things. You know, he, he scores goals. I feel like he does a lot of NHL things out there. And again, he's not on the greatest team, right? He's always going to have a couple of decent players, but not enough that you would say, all right, he's playing on, you know, somebody with like the level of a Canada or U.S. or whatever. I like his acceleration to the net. I like his stick handling. So there's things to really like there. He's got great hands, close to the best hands in the draft, like, you know, arguably second or third if he's not the best. Um, so that that matters, too, because the hands is the one thing you can never teach. And you, if you see a guy has quick hands, that's like first thing off on the checklist, like, OK, that's something that's special. 
Yeah. And, you know, I looked at a lot of highlights of his, um, you know, outside of the U18s, which was really the only time I'd gotten to see him, Mm -hmm. you know, in a live game. And you're right about the hands. Like you see some of the moves he makes. um, It's absolutely extraordinary. And it's the vision too. Yeah, It's really the hockey IQ that if, if you're looking at plays where he's away from the puck, he knows so exactly where to be on the ice. He gets the flow. Mm-hmm. And when he when he's like a leading forward versus a trailing forward, you know exactly what's what's going on with him in his brain. And he somehow gets himself positioned in front of the defenseman that if you like look away for a second, all of a sudden he's like right there exactly where he needs to be. And he gets. The yeah, and that's where that acceleration comes in. Yeah. He's got yeah. that extra gear where all of a sudden he, he's got that drive, man. He wants to get into scoring position. That's his goal. Exactly. And then, you know, his shot is uh, really tremendous. It like is. it's that, it's that snapshot where he gets it off so quickly mm-hmm. that like you can't respond to it. It's hard to like, I mean, he's a guy that could pick it high. He, you know, I'm looking at Instat and some of the numbers. So like his last 75 games, he's had 22 goals. Like, he is a goal scorer. That's what he is. Um, he can set up plays, like you said, with vision and otherwise. But you're looking at him to be a goal scorer. Um, his penalties are low at 12 minutes. His penalty time against is 49 minutes. He does get penalties drawn for those reasons that you say, because all of a sudden he's behind the defense. He's going to the net. They're going to drag him down, right? So so that's a positive. Guys who could draw penalties are always a big thing, especially um, when you have a good power play, unlike the Flyers. Um, but anyhow, um, he averages over 14 minutes a game, power play time around 147, shorthanded time just at the end because he's a, he's a threat. Uh, shots on goal, 55%, and puck battles, 41%. I think that goes up when, um, when he gets a little stronger. He's not going to be like a physical presence, but he is a guy that in the offensive zone is going to fight for the puck in the corner. He's a guy that, look, you have to talk about him. He's one of those seven guys you have to talk about if he's there at the seventh pick. You have to at least have the conversation. Yeah, and I don't know that he's going to be on the top of anybody's list in that circumstance, but he certainly should be. I, th- I think you're right that um, he has you know, some of the things that the Flyers have been looking for. Now, supposedly, we've already solved some of the problems with Tyson Forrester and Carter Gautier, but A, it could never hurt to have more of the skill, right? right. That it, in there, but it's having the smarts and being flexible with what you can do with a, with a kid um, and having sort of a longer development path than maybe one of the other guys that are going to be there right away. So when you're doing a rebuild, it's like, okay, we have this piece and then next year we're going to add this piece. And then yeah. the next year we're going to add this piece. Th- he's the kind of guy that would fit into a plan. Right. I mean, no offense to Forster, but he has a much higher stick handling level. Like, you know, you know how Forster Chale does. Chale does. Yeah. Much higher. And and it's really at the level of Frost, and it may be better than Frost. So, I mean, they don't have the Flyers don't have a lot of guys like that that you would say in the old days could stick handle out of a phone booth, you know, or could really, yeah. you know, get to the net on their own. And, you know, while it's unfortunate that they don't have those players. He could be one of those guys where all of a sudden, yeah, he creates the offense for you, even when things don't look good out there on the ice. So that's what you have to look at. Um, even on elite prospects as a consolidated ranking, he's nine. 
So for and that's just for the if you go to Elite Prospects, you can see like the outlets that are ranked there, and and he's ninth for that. So it's right in the range where you have the conversation because would I think if they picked him at seventh, it's a reach? No, I know the average fan is not going to be happy because they haven't seen a lot of him, a lot of his playing. So that's I get that, and I get that they you know they may not even be happy that we're having this conversation, but again, you have to project. And, and we're projecting with this guy, and he's already got some height. He's already got a pro shot. He's already got good skating. There's things he needs to work on, defense and otherwise. You know, 6'1", right. around 170, so you want him to maybe be around 180. Um, all those things are working for you. And like you said, working in concert with some of the other prospects that might be up around the same time. Again, is he going to be the top-line right winger? Maybe not. Maybe it's still going to be Forster. Um, but he might be your second line one and only because it's Forrester up there and maybe he's going to be a 30 goal scorer. Like that's the only right. reason on other teams, he might be a top liner. So he has that ability. So that's where, you know, again, and especially if you lose a Travis Konechny over the time that it takes a shallow to make it to the NHL, that's how you replenish. All right. Well, we're going to talk about the flyers approach to that first round pick and where Edward Shala might fit into that conversation in terms of prioritization. Uh, we're going to do all that coming up next. All right, Russ. So Edward Shala, really good uh, option for the Flyers there, should be in the conversation. Um, and our Flyers fun thing, the highlights uh, of his play, there's a link to that. Highly recommend you go take a look. It may you know, make you think a little bit right. and give a second thought to who your top priorities are out there. In the meantime, you know, there's a bunch of other guys that we are going to prioritize. And uh, I mentioned our draft coverage spreadsheet earlier in the show. That's where, you know, again, we have it listed when we've talked about those guys. Uh, there's some guys on there we haven't uh, talked about in detail yet that we're going to. Uh, on that spreadsheet. And a couple of those guys, you know, have been talked about by a lot of people. I, you know, we haven't really done a detailed profile on Mitchkoff mm -hmm. or Zach Benson or mm -hmm. Andrew Crystal. And I think those are three guys that are going to be part of the conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. They'll be in the conversation for sure. And for different reasons, I, again, when you're looking at drafting at this spot, first, you have to consider who might fall to you. And you don't always use that as your fallback. I know that's the easy, I don't want to say lazy, but it's 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 a thing that you're going to hear a lot of. And sometimes there's a reason the player is falling too, and sometimes you have to let them fall past you. But you have to know who that player is and that it's okay to let them fall past you. So that's one thing. So you have to, again, like I've said before, you got to have like three players that you're ready to take right when you, you know the draft starts. And then if all those three guys are taken, then you got to huddle up and you got to start looking at what the board is and start having the conversations quickly because two picks before you're ready, you better make that decision. You don't want that decision to come down to that last, whatever they give you. Is it five minutes, two minutes? I forget. Might be five minutes. So I think for first rounders, it might be five minutes. Then I think it's two minutes after that, right? So it goes quick. I watched it. I've been on the draft floor like last year. I watched when um, 
Shane Wright was dropping and the Devils had to make a quick decision. And I was watching Seattle and spoke to some Seattle people after to get the feeling of what the table was like and what I was watching. And so it's, you know, for me, it's fascinating. I, I like that stuff. So Flyers have to be with it together and ready. And they need a lot. That's the good news here. So you're not, you don't have to pick and say, well, we're only drafting a center. Because that really, while you may need a center organizationally, that really shouldn't be the overriding factor here for this draft. No, this is best available. This yeah. is pure best available on your on your list. Yeah, and I agree with that. Now, as far as how a player ranks, if you feel the center out there, whoever that might be, let's just use Oliver Moore as an example. If you feel like, hey, our board has him ranked the same as Shala, then go take the center. I get it. That makes sense. But if, if Shala's ranked ahead of him, then you take the better player. Like, that's the way you have to do it. Don't draft for need here. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think there's definitely some other guys as well that will either, you know, revisit, you know, who, who we've talked about already or um, some other guys. But I do think that, you know, in terms of who's on the Flyers radar, I do think that they are going to focus on an American or a Canadian over a European in this case, it just seems that way. Looking at history, it's just I I think that's a bit of a worry because then you know Shala might get pushed aside, and even a Mitchkov might get pushed aside if he were to fall that far. So it's a little bit of a concern based on the history. It doesn't mean they won't break the history this year, but right now they're going to have to show me that they're going to think about it differently. Um, you can't again something I've seen out there that I'll just address real quick. Don't draft for John Tortorella. You don't even know if John Tortorella will be there when this pick makes it to the NHL. Like one year, as an example, the Rangers drafted for toughness and I killed them for it because I was like, how do you know you're going to need toughness in four to five years? How do you know what the league's going to be like? And honestly, that player, the toughness didn't matter down the road. It was a bad fit. And so same as this, don't draft the Torts player because you don't know if Torts is going to be there in three or four years. Yeah, I think that's extremely important. And um, you know, I think that his coaching style isn't something to focus on with these with these no. players. Should not even be no. And the, the good thing is, I I do feel like, at least from the scouting side of things, like that's not something they would consider in terms of this group. But I, I do unless they feel there's a caveat here, and we've seen the Flyers do this. We don't know. If they're going to go after somebody that they feel like has a quicker path to the NHL, then they might keep John in mind. They're not going to ask John, what do you think of this prospect? Because John's going to be like, listen, that's your job. I'm not worried about these guys. I don't even know them. When, you, you know, when we're there in camp, I'll worry about it. So, But if they think they're taking a player that's only two years away from the NHL, then they might take him into consideration. I just think that's a slippery slope. Yeah, I think so too. It's uh it's it's a little nerve-wracking, got to say. <laughs> but uh Listen, jobs like when I do this, my job does not depend on it. I come back every year and it doesn't matter if I pick the wrong guys, it doesn't matter if I'm a little bit off on my rankings, even over 5-year period doesn't matter. It matters if you're a scout and yep. at some point it catches up with you. So, these guys are doing it for their jobs. Like it's a big difference. 
Yeah, it really is. But I, I'm looking forward to talking about a lot more of these guys, revisiting some of the ones we talked about earlier in the season as far as that uh, seventh overall pick. And then the third round guys, I think, are extremely fascinating because hitting on a third rounder is some of the most satisfying things you can do oh, yeah. in hockey. Uh, and there's some good ones out there. And there's been some good ones for the Flyers, honestly, sure. over the years. So uh, I'm excited to get into that as well. In the meantime, if there's any draft prospect that you out there listening or watching are interested in us talking about, let us know. Uh, you can do so via the usual means. You can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail or comment over on YouTube for that. And with YouTube, a reminder, our uh, giveaway that we are doing for our draft coverage. Uh, once we hit those milestone subscription marks, we're going to give away some cool Flyers stuff. So... Awesome. So subscribe and keep a lookout for that as well. Uh, Every day is tomorrow on the show. We are going to address uh, the executive search uh, rumors, or it could be an announcement by the time we record our Friday show. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, I, in the meantime, let's keep our fingers crossed that the Flyers do well in the draft and uh, we have good management team to report on as well. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.